This episode of the Buffalonian Podcast is brought to you by the Cast Wars Podcast Network, a podcast network built with and for entrepreneurs. We cover many genres, including sports, business, mental health, marketing, and entertainment. We feature the podcast shows such as Sports Bring People Together, Limitless, Saviors of the Metaverse, and The Athletic Mindset. Learn more at castwars.com slash podcast. And without further ado, let's get in to the Buffalonian Podcast. The Buffalo Bills play a home game for the first time in nearly a month. We'll go through some X factors, keys to success, and more. And look at our picks from last week and pick some more games from this. All of this and more on the Buffalonian podcast, Betting on the Bills. All right, let's go. Are back with the Buffalonian podcast, betting on the Bills. I'm Joe Kelly, and I am joined by Dom Loss on this fine Thursday evening. Almost said Friday, just hoping for it to be the end of the week. But we have a Friday. I mean, we usually do these on Wednesday, so I usually I, do them on I Wednesday. Thought, I know. I thought you were about to say Wednesday. No, no, I don't. I don't know what's going on there. A little, little bit of a, a messed up thought process coming in. But <laughs> look at looking to correct here. The Bills play the Jets this Sunday. And like I said, the first home game in nearly a month, they're nine and a half point favorites. What what are you feeling going into this one, Dom? I'm feeling like a nice, clean, cold dish of revenge is about to happen. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I think yeah. it's uh, Sauce Gardener is not going to be the sauce served. It'll definitely be revenge, and it's best served cold in Buffalo in the month of December. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, I, I'm, I'm very much looking forward to this game and just seeing – um, how the Bills perform, especially, you know, make fixing those some mistakes we saw in the last game against the Jets. I mean, they're nine and a half point favorites, even losing to them earlier in the season. So I think that tells you what Vegas is thinking. They're kind of on the same mm-hmm. minds that we are. They think the Bills are going to come back. I don't know how you couldn't. They're pretty much, you know, still they're number one in the AFC. I mean, it's kind of it's kind of tough to deny that. But what it, I mean, looking at this, what went wrong last game and like what what would we need to do differently in this game I, I i what do you think well i think like first thing at first is you know they had a couple bad turnovers josh mm-hmm. two poor ins, especially on the first drive was really a momentum killer yeah and the bills on both sides of the ball got dominated on the line of scrimmage which allowed you know constant pressure on josh zach wilson was able i mean now obviously it's mike white but zach wilson was able to stay in, clean in the pocket and the jets were able to run the ball very effectively on the bills so I mean, you saw it with that last shot of the game to kick that field goal. Um, you know, they were able to march down from their five-yard line all the way to the, to the Bills' four and basically all run plays. So I think right. that was a big thing. And then also I would say not being able to take away the number one target um, for the for the, for the the Jets and Garrett Wilson. I think he had 100 yards, eight catches on like nine targets. So he was super efficient as well. So – I think that's the the big takeaway from from last game is that you know you gotta the Jets aren't going to give you anything. They're a physical team, and the Bills have to you know be better at matching them, be better at uh, taking away some of their strengths, which is Garrett Wilson in the passing game. 
Yeah, absolutely. And I, I mean, we, we know Diggs can outdo Sauce Gardner. We saw that in the last game. It wasn't <laughs> like that was crazy matchup or anything. We knew that's how that was going to go. But you're absolutely right. Garrett Wilson ran circles around our defense. And I think, honestly, now with Poyer 100% back, I don't was he back for that game? Was he playing? No, he Poyer, playing? Milano, no Trey White. Good only yeah. played a half. If yeah. Barely a half, too. I don't think he even finished. I think he might have played a quarter or so. Yeah. No, you're you, that right there makes a huge difference. Your secondaries, um, it's immaculate now compared to what it was before. I mean, that's that's how I would put it. You have your all-star safety, Jordan Poyer, still missing Micah Hyde. You know, that's always going to be a void to fill. But at least you have Poyer back there now. And now you got Trey White back out on the field playing well. He played well last game. And Milano and Tremaine are out there. Like I, I think it's going to be a different story. It's going to be it's going to it's going to be a good game. Yeah, I think it's big to have your your defense back out there. Obviously, not losing Vaughn from the last game is big, but able to uh, get Groot back uh, to hopefully play in the full game will help minimize that effect. Also, with the way the young edges, along with Groot, you know, Apasa and Boogie Basham have been playing. Shaq Lawson's right. really surging at the right moment, and then the interior of the defensive line is playing very solid. Mm-hmm. Um, so uh, that's very important. Obviously, we'll see who's the number two cornerback this week. It kind of just a uh, roulette behind, you know. Yeah, it's, it's interesting. It was always Trey White, and then you always knew the number two corner was going to be Levi Wallace for all those years. And now it's kind of just uh, it's a toss game up, by game, flip. week by week, matchup by matchup kind of thing. Coin flip, I like that one. So, mm-hmm. um, I think that one's that's that's a big thing to look at. I mean, it's nice to replace. I mean, I don't think a bigger change has happened since you know replacing. Jaquan Johnson, who can't take a good angle on a ball with Jordan Poyer. I think that's like the biggest upgrade from the last 10 right. these two teams played each other. I think it's going to be interesting to see if Milano plays. Um, obviously, you know, looking at the injury report back to back, do not plays, did not practice, did not practice, do not practices with uh, DNP. You got you got the words right. DNP. Okay. I, <laughs> I had the first syllable, the first letter of each word right, but not the, not the last one. But no, uh, it'd be interesting to monitor that. I think that would be a pretty significant loss. Mm-hmm. Uh, if he does not play, just because him and Tremaine are so good individually, but they're like it's like synergy, man. It's one plus one equals three. Like having those two guys on the on the field at the same time, it just adds another level to each of their games. So uh, it'd be interesting. Probably you would probably assume AJ Klein would get the start uh, without Milano, and then Jordan Phillips uh, having a little bit of a shoulder issue. I think he like popped it when he made that try to make that diving attempt on Mac Jones. Yeah. Uh, late in the game, and he hasn't flat practiced the first two days of this week, so I assume he wouldn't go either. But you know, you still have Daquan Jones, Tim Sell, Alvarez playing at a high level, so I think I think they'd be okay there. Yeah, I mean, it, it's definitely going to be interesting. And we found out yesterday too that Von Miller is out for the rest of the season. I mean, I don't know, like it's kind of a, a punch in the gut, you know. I mean, we get him, we picked him up, we signed him to go that extra mile to win the Super Bowl to, you know, be that cherry on top of an already dominant defense. And I mean, he said it himself today. I think he's not going to just because he's not on the field. This is a rough quote. Don't I don't remember exactly what he said, but he said <laughs> just because he's not on the field doesn't mean he's not going to he's not going to be there for the team it, roughly. I mean, there is a I just saw it. I, I lost. I'm going to be honest. With you. Mm-hmm. But um, which is true. I think his leadership means more than we think like without him on the field. But I mean, look at, look at the way FNS has developed as an edge rusher since Von Miller has been on the team like that. Greg Russo, like that's major, absolutely major. Like you don't get that without being, it's like Josh on the offense. You know what I mean? Like that leadership, like even when he was injured, we kept him out there. 
quote unquote. He was he was able to play still, not like Von where it's an ACL tear, but I think well, he's he's valuable for sure still. Well, I think his value is significant on the field, but it's, it's still significant off the field as well. I think you see this with Micah Hyde. You know, I know he's out for well, supposedly out for the season with a neck injury. But kind they, of a question mark. <laughs> rule him completely out, but I think you see with him constantly being on the sidelines, you know, helping the young safeties. You know, Emporia when he was out, like helping Daquan Johnson, Demar Ham, Kim Lewis, like those guys, and then Trey White. You know, his impact of helping you know Dane Jackson, Kyir Elam, Christian Benford, like star players or star players on the field, but the Bills have done a fantastic job of getting star players on and off the field like they're, they're you know they're, they're both so his he's still gonna have an impact on this team it just sadly won't be on the field which is kind of the reason why you the reason why you signed them but listen if these young edges can continue to develop it's their time now like it's it's now you have an opportunity to be that guy now you gotta right like it's just so much more pressure on all of them but it's time to see if you could deliver you know at oliver you're you're Four years into your NFL career, next year is going to be your fifth year option. And after that, you know, you want to get paid. Time to show it. You know, Greg Russo, second year, you know, he's going to see how much you see if you want how much improvement you could do. You know, at Vanessa, third year, you know, another year, and then he's a free agent. Like, these, these are guys, you know, that are fighting for, you know, an opportunity to eventually play, maybe not for the Bills, but for other teams for significant money. And so, yeah, I think it's unfortunate that Vaughn's out. I think he's your best, you know, overall lineman on both sides of the ball. But I, I, I believe in, in the next man up mentality for the Bills, and I think they're going to be just. I think they're going to be just fine because of the, how much depth they have overall on the defensive line. Yeah, I think that's one thing to take away, especially the way McDermott's operated the team. Leslie Frazier's operated that defense. They they have the depth depth pieces like even losing a guy like Trey White last year we had the depth pieces that filled the void you know I mean still played that stellar game in the playoffs against the Chiefs like still you know like we're done we're a dominant team on defense even missing that extra piece of dominance if you will and I I don't think this is going to be any different you've already seen the flashes of greatness already from Epinesa Basham you've seen it from Shaq Lawson uh, Groot I mean it's going to be I think if anything, it's going to just be develop more developmental thing for them at this point. And he's like an he's a sideline coach for the edge rushers, if you will. At this point, he's just a, a coach. Yeah. And one one note on that that I want to add in too. Speaking of people, you know, not play anymore. Marquez Stevenson's gone. Guess what already happened within within mm-hmm. the day? Matt Barkley's mm-hmm. number five again. He changed, oh. he's, he changed his number from whatever eleven to five, whatever it was. So good for him. Good uh, for that him. was there was a little tidbit in there, but. Yeah, I, don't know. I think I think it's I think it's unfortunate for Vaughn. Obviously, having a tearing your ACL in late November, having surgery in early December, you got to wonder how long it's gonna have him out for next year. But Brandon Bean said they think he could, they could have him back for most of twenty twenty three. So I, it's gonna be interesting. You know, we saw Trey now kind of, just now getting back into the swings. You know, with only a yeah. couple of games left in the year, Vaughn a little bit older, same knee that I believe same knee that he. You know, he had an ACL tear earlier in his career. So, you know, maybe he's just the Wolverine. He's going to be Superman, but, uh, <laughs> you know, superhuman. But, I mean, we'll, we'll see. I think it's it's a tough loss. Um, but at the end of the day, I think the biggest thing that the Bills lose on the field is that sense that you have a closer. I mean, you have a guy that in, in the big moments is going to come through. You know, the guy that has 
had two incredible games in the Super Bowl. A guy that had the big sack on Mahomes on third down to force the punt late in the fourth quarter against that game to allow you to win that game. So you lose that. Um, but it's just going to be interesting now if, if, you know, one of these young guns becomes that finisher, that closer. It's a pretty interesting story, I would say. It is. No, it could. It could. The story's writing itself for, for Russo and those guys. And it'd be cool to to see them, you know, really just break out and have a fantastic end of the season. Because then when Vaughn comes back, that's even holy cow what it what it what an edge rushing court we're gonna have if they really step up. well yeah it's 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 not like any of those i mean I, all those guys are signed for next year so yeah it's not you know it, it, it's good you know they're gonna have to get value reps on the stretch of this year and then probably in the beginning of next year of Vaughn probably being out for the beginning of the year so again it's not it's an opportunity for those guys to really grow and develop yeah no absolutely but speaking of uh people coming back will Deion dawkins or Kyrie Elam find their spot on the field in the lineup this week. I mean, we already yeah. touched on the cornerbacks a little bit, but I, I think cornerbacks matchup. I think Kyrie Elam should be healthy at least. Um, should at least suit up. I, I think he should be the number two corner. I think he is the answer, mm-hmm. not just long term. I think he's the answer. Should be the answer now. I think he's put on the best tape out of anyone there. Everyone here um, in in the room that's even currently healthy. I know Benford's out, but even if Benford's healthy, I would say that as well. So. Um, you know, the, the the Bills have some really weird tendencies with this stuff, uh, just trusting yeah. veterans. So, I mean, I would assume Xavier Rhodes would actually get the start again just because I think the, you know, McDermott and Frazier really trust him. Um, but in my opinion, Elam should be healthy and should be willing to uh, suiting up because I think the worst thing to do is sit him. Like, I think he should be getting yeah. these reps, and I think he should at least be rotating in. Because it runs if he rotates in, he's outplay. You now he again outplays these guys. Like I think he just rolled the hot hand. Um, mm-hmm. So I, I I think he should be playing. I think he should at least be cornerback three. If they're going to continue to ride Rhodes, I think he should at least be cornerback three ahead of Dane Jackson, who is kind of just a death boundary corner. Yeah, he's just a guy. Yeah, yeah, I mean that's the best way to. He's play. not. Gonna, he's not. Gonna, he's gonna. He's he's just not gonna really help you, but he won't super hurt you. But he's been hurting you recently. Yeah, yeah, no, I mean, I, I agree with you. I think El- sitting Elam is just harming his development, and it's it's tough because I get it. You want veteran presence out there, right? You want Trey White, you want Xavier Rhodes, who's done all right so far. You know, he was injured for most of the season, but I don't, I don't know. I think you got to give Elam a shot because he's when he's played, he's played well. I mean, he had a couple games where it was a little tough on him, but after those games i mean yeah the steelers, the steelers game of pickens was a tough game but yeah yeah because i mean pickens is an outstanding wide receiver and well he's a physical specimen so like, yeah I mean... yeah he's fast he's he's smart so i mean that was tough and but most other games he's played he's been pretty locked down so i i feel like i feel like you got to give him a shot i mean i would like to see him out there but like you said at this point i feel like veterans are gonna win the day and they're gonna put roads out there but I don't know. Yeah, if we're making an accurate, trying to make an accurate prediction. Yeah, I would say Rhodes, but it's just, it's just a little bit. Our hopes point to Elam. Yeah, but the the yeah, mentality. I, I, I think he's proven that he's been the best corner behind. Well, I mean, it's hard to say behind Trey White because Trey White's only played like a game right. of worst of snaps. But we're going off of Trey White's career reputation. Yeah, yeah, and mm-hmm. I I just think Kyrie should be the guy. But we'll see. We'll talk about Deion Dawkins. It's good to see him practicing again. Um, he did confirm that he had a high ankle sprain, so he was supposedly 
going to be out what he would like to call three hard weeks. Uh, but practicing practicing now this week is very a very good sign. Yeah. I will be interested to see if he goes uh, just because it's a high ankle sprain. Maybe they're going to play cautious. But the 10 days off plus, you know, technically he's going to be off two weeks because he didn't play on Thursday. Um, mm-hmm. I think there's an opportunity for him to go, and especially if Questenberry kind of banged up as well. Yeah. Um, I think if you if you had to pick between which left tackle who's had a had a bad ankle, you probably would pick Deion Dawkins. So well not probably you should pick Deion Dawkins. Well, you know, anyway. And it's good that it's not a low ankle sprain by where like the, the joint is, like you're you're higher up, which is good. So you can really tape that up and turn it into a brick, you know, like if you well, really the high have ankle to. sprains I think the high ankle sprain is worse than a low ankle sprain. Is it actually? Mm-hmm. Like a high ankle sprain, usually yeah. if you I think Matt Jones had a high ankle sprain, did he not? Mm-hmm. And you're supposed to be out like three to four weeks, sometimes even six weeks. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, it's it's it's, it's difficult. It's difficult, but if he's able, to, I think it's a great sign that he's able to practice right now. Yeah. Um, well, at least get some practice. You saw time. the holy left in the O line last week with, I mean, Quesenberry was hurt, like we said, his ankle, but still, it was just they were blowing right through the line, and Alan Uche was, was having a big game. Yeah, Uche was having a big game against him. Yeah, so. so it would be nice to have the snowman or the ice man, we should say at this point, because he's 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 a solid block of ice on that line, uh playing because he just he he holds off those guys so Allen has more time and that's that's what he needs. I mean, he was rolling out to the right, you know, to get away from it, which was all right, but that strip sack was all it was that was on Questenberry. So that'd be nice to avoid didn't something. Even, like didn't that. even I don't think he even laid a finger didn't touch on the him. guys, so no. He blew right past him. There was no there's no stopping him. It was like me being an O lineman out there, like no shot. <laughs> But um, I don't know. It's it'll be interesting to see. It, like you said, though, it is very promising that he is touching the practice field and actually out there participating. Um, so I, but, I think. But again, but will... again, the Bills play conservative injuries, except if your name is Josh Allen. So right, he, I I wouldn't be surprised if he's if he doesn't play this week. But if he continues to practice throughout the entire week and maybe get a full practice in, I I would think he. He plays. I mean, Mitch Morris seemed to have like an ankle, maybe a low ankle sprain. So maybe that's why he played after a week. So, no, we'll see. I think I think it's an interesting thing to monitor. You know, who's going to be the who's going to block for the blind side of your quarter of a billion dollar franchise quarterback? <laughs> yeah, yeah, your guy. I mean, you're just trusting people with them at that point. But I think honestly, it's the Bills play it conservative, like you said. I mean, that's the best way to put it. But honestly, with a guy like Dion being such an X, X factor, like your big guy on the O line. I feel like you kind of you want to save him, you know what I mean, for the the bigger games. Like we're playing the Jets, I get it; they beat us earlier in the season, but also our defense wasn't fully there, like you stated earlier. And now, now our defense is pretty solid playing there now. So I don't know. I feel like conservative kind of makes sense in this scenario a little bit, you know, especially with Von Miller. I'm glad that Bean put him on IR right away because he was wanting to play the Jets in the Jets game. So I mean, I I, I appreciate the conservativeness, but I feel like with Dion, I think we might have to be a little more conservative just to save him for the postseason, you know, because we don't want we don't want custom Barry blocking against the Chiefs in a divisional round. You know what I mean? Like, that's just not what we want going on. So because he'll just be eaten up. But no, it, absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. So then, you, you know, you talked, you used the word X factor. So we'll go into <laughs> X factors of the game. Um, for me, I think I think the two biggest X factors are Trey White and Jordan Porter. I mm-hmm. think just because. The Bills had a very hard time with Garrett Wilson, and Zach Wilson, Garrett Wilson did not have a very good connection. So it was actually like the only game of the entire year where those two like really were in sync with each other. 
and Mike White the last two games has really targeted Zach get Zach Garrett Wilson like a two number one wide receiver. So I mean he's he's Mike White's number one option. You gotta be able to try and limit his abilities and take him away and boom, you have your number one corner in Trey White. Hopefully, you know, he's all ten days off now. Hopefully he can play a full game, kind of shadow Garrett Wilson take away. And then you have Joe Employer kind of in the back end. Right. You know, Mike White, I think it's gonna be a little bit more of Gunslinger is not the right word because Zach Wilson is a gunslinger. He puts the ball in harm way a lot. But Mike White, <laughs> I think, will be a guy that if he sees separation downfield, will let it loose. Zach Wilson seemed to like not be seeing the field very well. So I think yeah. Mike White sees the field better than Zach Wilson. So I think you know there might be more opportunities for the, the Jets to throw it downfield. But when you have your center fielder back back there, I think that's going to be crucial. So those two guys, I think, are going to be incredibly crucial to the to the Bills having success on defense versus just Jets offense. Yeah, I mean, you kind of you, you took my I was going to just say Trey White, you know, but yeah, Jordan Poyer, I'll jump on the bandwagon with you on that one. I mean, you're absolutely right. Garrett Wilson is going to play in Zach, or Mike White. I'm getting the quarterback. They switch so much, man. I'm like even last year, we played Mike White in the same type of scenario, whereas Wilson was benched for him. But um, no, there's no question to me that they're going to go crazy. And he, Mike White, like you said, he's going to take those shots downfield if Wilson has separation. There's no question about it. And having Trey White out there, hopefully for a full game, like you said, is going to be major because we had Elam and Benford out there. And Dane, Dane wasn't Dane Jackson? Was he mm-hmm. injured still? He was not playing. No, he was getting he was getting cooked. Yeah, he was just yeah. You're right. Yeah, he was getting <laughs> absolutely cooked. And um, I remember yeah, he you're right because I was at work watching that game. I remember I was getting so mad. I'm like they couldn't stop him, but. I think now with the your all pro corner out there, I think it's going to be very different and all pro safety, all pro po. I think it's going to be uh, it's going to be very interesting to see how this changes. Because honestly, the offense is going to cook. Our running game has stepped up in the past couple of weeks. I don't think that's an issue. I think. Well, I wouldn't say that. I mean, James Cook though development since the last. I, I wouldn't say I wouldn't say if your previous statement of the offense is going to get cook. I think the Jets have one of the best defenses in the entire NFL. And, mm-hmm. you know, yeah, talking, like leaning into keys to success, I would say, yeah, getting the ground game going again and getting, you know, your good line of scrimmage push because we saw what James Cook could do. We saw what Devin Singletary do, could do. And we saw how protected this offense can be with a solid running game. Keys to success also is going to be, obviously, you know, I talked defensively about the X-Factors, but also, you know, get Dawson Knox involved. You know, that the Jets have two very good corners in Sauce Gardner and DJ Reed. Diggs, again, is still going to get his, but I don't know if you could fully trust Davis. Um, but if McKenzie could step up too, McKenzie and Knox, those guys can step up and they can get a consistent ground game, and Josh Allen can k- take care of the football. Uh, I think the Bills are in a in a great position to, I wouldn't say, you know, have an elite offensive day, but get in the mid-20s. Which is, I yeah. think, going to be enough to to win that their defense plays like the way it should against this just offense. Yeah, no, absolutely, I agree with you, and that's one thing. Dawson Knox is severely underutilized this season. It, it's kind of remarkable to me. He should be your third option most times. You know, like you're paying him all that money, and he's proven he's a receiving tight end and pretty solid. First season, he was Dawson drops. Okay, I'll give that. I'll I'll, I'll give everyone that the Dawson Knox haters out there. But last season, he's literally picking out in that Patriots playoff game, picked out a ball that was being thrown away out of the sky. So, I mean, the, the guy has really stepped up and done what he needed to do. And I think there, Ken Dorsey needs to utilize him, throw, run a tight end attack, run something. Even Tommy Sweeney, and you've got, is, um, whatchamacallit, who's the 
who's the third string? Morris? Quentin Morris. Morris? He, he was out last He's time. Out, right? But I think he'll be back. Reggie Gilliam might not play, so that could be a significant loss for the running game. Yeah. Because he has a little bit of a banged up, banged up ankle, so that could be a mm-hmm. significant loss. Yeah, our mo- the most elusive fullback in the NFL, Reggie Gilliam. So, but uh, I I I think, like you said, the, the biggest key to success is Dawson Knox. There's no question about it, and it has it has to be your third option because you're right. I mean, Diggs is going to be lined up on Sauce probably, most likely. That's what's going to happen. Davis has a certain candy that I don't. I mean, rubbed all over his hands. I think it's a Butterfinger or something. He keeps dropping passes that are right <laughs> to him, and. I love Gabe Davis, right? Like I, I really do. I think he's great, but he has these, he has these fantastic games, four touchdowns, right? In a playoff game. And then 98 yard touchdowns, but those are like five games apart. Like he, he, he plateaus and goes like this. Like he, he's not consistent. And I think that's the biggest thing with him is just consistency. But Knox has been consistent when you use him, you know, caught the game winning touchdown in KC, right? Every time you've thrown to him, minus the one pat, the screen pass they tossed to him last week, he bobbled and dropped. Like he's been consistent. He's your biggest guy. You got to go to, and he's gonna. I think he's gonna be a big, big key to success here on this fine Sunday at one p.m. in Highmark Stadium. Yeah, yeah, for sure. And then <laughs> so looking at you know the MVPs, I think offensively, I, I I've stayed away from being incredibly generic. I think throughout the most of the predictions, but this one I won't. This week I won't. Josh Allen will be the MVP of the game because I think a lot of pressure is going to be on Josh Allen to perform. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, what happened last game, the team that injured him, um, you know, I, yeah. I, and this is kind of the game before, obviously it was before the Vikings game, but this was the game where like, I think he com- he lost the lead in the MVP race. Um, and, I, you know, I know he probably has a sour taste in his mouth from last performance against the Jets. So I, I think I think he's gonna have a big game. I think he's gonna make really smart sound decisions early and I don't think he's gonna be afraid to attack down the field once it's opened him. So I think I think he'll get, you know, two seventy five yards and three tu- you know, probably three hundred total yards and three touchdowns. I like the sound of that. And and um, and, a, and, and a goose egg in the turnover column. I like I like that even more now. I like it even more. I, I really I wanna I wanna agree with you on that, but I'm gonna take it a different direction. So we're not the, the both generic, you know what I mean? I want I don't wanna be the same on the same page with everything. I think Diggs is gonna have a day. I mean, that's kind of generic in itself, though, because he's, <laughs> he's he's him, he's Stefan Diggs. So I, I think he's gonna he's gonna want that revenge, like you said, like from that first game. He's got a sour taste in his mouth. And I think he's gonna just light up Sauce Gardner. There's no question about it. He's gonna be a big difference maker. Um it's going to be him and Knox. Davis might get some stuff. McKenzie honestly has had a pretty good couple of weeks, but I think I think it's going to be it's going to be Diggs being the number one guy. Third overall in the league for passing yards, I think we're going to move up to to second in this game. So I don't know. I don't know the margin. It could be five yards. It could be forty. I think I think either way. I think no, he's works. pretty far behind. Is he? Who's no, who's he, ahead he's of a, him? Jefferson. He's a, he's a distance third because uh, it's Hill, Jefferson, oh, or top. I forgot two. about Tyreek. Yeah. Yeah, I think he might even be. I don't know if he's three or four. Um, I know he's second in catches. Mm-hmm. Uh, no, he is three because I thought Adams would have passed him last week. No, Adams four. No, yeah, he's yeah he's so he's seventy five yards off of Jefferson, but he's Jefferson will put up more yards he, when he plays. He's so. he's a while off of Tyreek Hill. Tyreek Hill is way ahead of everyone else. 
Yeah. So I, I'll, I'll redact that he takes second place in the. No, he the, can still take pass. second. You think? Well, I mean, he has a 75 yard difference between him and Jefferson. So if he has a really big game and Jefferson kind of just has like a 40 yard game and like he has a 120, I guess, sure. Yeah. There's no way he could be one, but. No, no, no. Yeah. I, I, you know what? I'll stick with it then. He's going to, he's going to take, he's, I think he'll overtake Jefferson. I think he's going to have a fantastic game. Diggs is my offensive MVP. Now, pivoting to the defense, who, who's your pick on that? My pick is, is another man that was injured by the New York Jets, Groot. Mm-hmm. This, this is a big week for Groot. Um, the tackles for there's just a complete circus carousel for ta- offensive tackles for the Jets. Yeah, they've you know they've lost really their ground game with Brees Hall being injured, Verrett Tucker being out, and um, you know James Robinson that trade really not working out for them. So they've lost their ground game a little bit. So I think they're going to be a little bit more one dimensional, and I think he's going to try you know do his do his dirty work and put some pressure on Mike White and get 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 himself a nice little sack. I like that. I really do. I think Ed Oliver is going to put that cowboy hat on and go to town this week. I, I think he's going to go crazy. I think he's got he's got hunger. He's got the thirst. He wants to, you know, he want he wants to end Mike White like they did last year at this time. You know, I remember watching that game. Mike White had recently said, "I should have been the first overall pick in my NFL draft class." No way, no way. But I, I think Ed Oliver is hungry for blood, and he's gonna he's gonna go after him for Von Miller. It's all, uh, the whole defense is playing for Vaughn this week, and I think that's gonna it's gonna go crazy. He's gonna ride that cowboy, so or not not he's gonna ride the horse, not the cowboy. So I uh, I'm I'm going with Ed Oliver down pat. What do you I think? Like at the end of the day, when the dust clears, the Cowboys have ridden off. What do you think the score is going to be of this game? Buffalo twenty four, New York Jets twenty. I think mm-hmm. the Jets are going to cover the spread because I think, I think it's going to be like divisional games are always tight, especially when what you know the underdog in this case the Jets have a very evidently defense. Right. So twenty four twenty. I'm uh, I'm taking Highmark Stadium into massive advantage here. Um, the last game, one of the last, well, what was the last game? We put up we put up over thirty points pretty much every time we play at home, right? This season, last, at least. Time, last time they played, they put up. I want to say they put up, yeah, they put up 30. Yeah, right? 30. Yeah. It was the loss to the Vikings. But yeah, we, we... yeah. I, I, I thought they put up 27. I forgot they could the game winning, game tying field goal should be too forced over. Right. Yeah. So I, I think the Bills are going to go 35 to 24. I think, I think, again, like a little said, high scoring. I don't, I don't, I, I think, I think the Bills are going to go out and do it, man. I really do. I, I, I think the last, the last home game I had a super high prediction for was the Titans game. I said 45 to 7. And uh, that score ended up being 41 to seven. I was close two safeties and I would have been on it right away, but unfortunately to no avail, but I, I'm feeling, I'm feeling 35 to 24. I'm feeling a big high scoring game out of the bills and Josh Allen's arm is hopefully healed and feeling better too after this nice break mm-hmm. they've had. Ten days, so yeah. 10 days. So I'm, I'm real. I'm thinking, I'm thinking we're going to have a big high scoring blowout here, not blowout, big, but a big high scoring game. So that is going to do it for our bills. Jets preview if you will and uh but before we move into our picks from last week and picking more games for this week i want to bring up the sports bring people together podcast listen for entrepreneurial conversations with those in sports and who knows where the chats will take you but sports got us all here together in the first place find the show wherever you listen to podcasts or 
simply visit sportseplus.com. And now we are going to roll in to our picks from last week. We're going to start out on a little recap here. Dom, you went 10-4-1. and one. We all went 10-4-1. and one. went 10-4-1, and, and Mike went 10-4-1. Yes, yes, we all what, went 10-4-1. What a week. So, yeah, yeah so. interesting week. Now we have two ties, two ties to our names now. Uh, but yeah, I'm I'm one twenty five and sixty eight. You're one twenty two and seventy one. Mike in the basement by fifteen games is one hundred seven eighty six. <laughs> so, um, yeah, nothing changed to be honest. Not to be honest, it's just factual. Nothing, no, nothing at all changed other than, I guess it's interesting to get a tie. I mean, it's kind of a little bit unfortunate because I think all three of us picked the Giants, and the Giants should have won that game, but. Welcome yeah. to the National Football League picking experience. Yeah, expected, and unexpected. Sunday, man. Yeah, unexpected. Yeah. I mean, it's it, it's interesting because you're right. March that Madness. Game, yeah, yeah, exactly. It's just I don't know. Anything can happen. Like that's that's the best way to put it. But let's 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 now shift shift gears here a little bit to our picks for this week's upcoming slate this Sunday. And Monday, do we have a prime time on Monday in this slate, or is they all Sunday games? I think they're all Sunday games. All Sunday games for you this week. So we're gonna pick the Eagles, Giants, the Browns, Bengals, Vikings at Lions, Dolphins, Chargers, and Jags, Titans games. Let's let's start it right at the top. Let's the Eagles are seven seven point favorites, and they're playing in New Jersey or New York. Sorry, we're gonna be we're gonna be correct here. <laughs> as, per, as per as per team names we're gonna go by so the eagles are seven point favorites it's not a, it's not a surprise they're they're yeah. the juggernaut of the nfc i don't i i i want to pick the giants i really do i i'm a big dable guy you know i'm a big respect the process guy and i he's he's done a great job in new york already year one i mean i would you have expected them to even be in playoff contention not me i mean no with that roster no no with so that quarterback I, too no n- no, Saquon Barkley is the only decent part of that offense, and somehow they're still they're still cooking. So I I don't know. I'm not I'm not picking them this week though. I'm picking the Eagles. To me, there's no other there's no other pick. I I, I want to pick the Giants. I really do, but I'm holding. I'm leaving that behind the door at this point. I'm just not even gonna think about it. So I'm, I'm picking the Eagles. Jalen Hurts, those guys, they're they're all cooking. Like they're they really are. They're just they're, that's a well oiled machine they've got over in Philly. When Hurts can't throw, he's gonna run. Like it, it's a dual threat, extremely dual threat. And you got Sanders on the team too. So it's, it's just, it's crazy. The offense they've got, their line strong, everything. So I'm, I'm going with the Eagles. Yeah. I think this is just a pretty much a route. I think for the Eagles, um, they have a very optimistic defense. Um, you know, CJ Gardner leads the league in interceptions or he's up there. Darius Slay, you know, James Bradbury, the ex giant, maybe in the revenge game. They have a very solid defensive line up there, too, against a pretty poor uh, Giants offensive line. While Daniel Jones, you know, hasn't turned the ball over as much this year. In years past, he's been a turnover machine. So I expect, uh, I expect a, you know, a past Daniel Jones performance where he turns the ball over three or four times. Giants probably won't do much offensively. And I think the Giants have a solid defense, but they like to blitz a lot. You know, mm-hmm. with man coverage, and I don't think they have anyone one on one that could stop AJ Brown, especially the way he's put playing recently. Yeah, you know, uh, and Jalen Hurts is playing at a high level, and that ground game will just physically, I think, you know, be able to wear down the Giants. So I, I think the Eagles win by two scores. So, <laughs> all right, two two picks on the Eagles so far. Two picks uh, on the Eagles. So then and- the next game we got we got Browns Bengals. Yes, uh, the rematch from the Monday Night Football game. 
uh, that was playing while we were at the the Detroit Sabres game. Uh, yes. Sabres scored eight goals, and that was as many points as the Browns and Bengals, I believe, scored in the first half or m- mostly the first half. Yeah, like for before the last two minutes or whatever. Yeah, yeah that was that was funny. Um, you know, the Bengals are playing at a high level. They're 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 really getting you know they're pl- you know big win against the Chiefs, big win against the Titans. You know they're not the they're not the number one team in the AFC North right now, but that's just because of tiebreaker. Yeah, and with the Browns, it, it it's tough, but I'm gonna pick them. I I think the Browns pull you up to here. I don't love the fact that the Browns offense led by Deshaun Watson played so bad against the Texans. I think that's an incredibly big red flag, but yeah. I expect some bounce back. The Browns have always been a really physical, always a very physical team with Kareem Hunt and Nick Chubb. That always kind of bangs out the you know the Bengals a little bit. They always you know impose their will on them. When Joe Burrow, I believe, is zero four against the Browns all time. Mm-hmm. And so I don't know what the Browns have that you know what they give to Joe Burrow to you know slip in his water or something to make him not the quarterback he normally is. But uh, he did say that what makes them different is that they have Miles Garrett. So I think Miles Garrett will be be you know the game record that it's always been. The Browns are able to move the ball on the ground, and hopefully Deshaun does something uh, this week to make my pick correct. Yeah, I'm going to be honest with you. I was in the same mindset of Deshaun shaking off the rust last week you know he had to go emotional get another ga- emotional game for, I mean, like I, I i hate hyping up sean watson just I, i'm like I do cringing too. saying it but mm-hmm. emotional game first game in 700 days at your ex stadium next team tough stadium, for anybody so. that would be tough i mean whether or not i guess man i don't know yeah i feel, I don't I feel know. so scuzzy talking about this but i do too and it's even scuzzier that both of us are picking him to win this game at this point. <laughs> I, I just, I don't, I don't know. I, I think he's going to bounce back. I really do. I think, like I said, it's just kind of shaking the rust off last week. I think he's going to be connecting. Like you said, the ground game, fantastic Chubb hunt. That's one, that's the arguably one of the best tandems in the NFL on the ground. You know, you've got the physical Kareem hunt bust through the line and Chubb is just fantastic in all areas. And it's just I think Miles Garrett's going to be a difference maker. Like you said, he's going to go attack Burrow. Burrow, I mean, but then again, Burrow got sacked nine times in a playoff game last year, and the Bengals still won. So I think it's anyone's game, but I think Hungry Dog runs faster. The Bengals have been riding high, right? <laughs> they, they, and I, I think the, the Browns are coming. They want to, Deshaun honestly wants to prove that he's still a top quarterback in the NFL. And I think that's going to, you know, spark a little heat under them and, have them win this game so that's that's two agreements with us so far one underdog and one favorite so the next game the vikings at the lions oh the vikings you, you would think are favored in this one without they've been playing especially you know beating the bills and the bills beat the lions and whatnot but no but no the lions are favored by two points that is not what i was expecting to see i'm gonna be 100 honest with you it, it, and, it's a weird line with the with the, you know, the vikings being 10 and 2 when the Lions being what five and seven. So yeah. Yeah. I, I don't know. I, I wanna I dude, I want to take the underdog. Like, not really. I for me, the underdog's the Lions. I'm gonna be 100 percent honest with you. Quote unquote, in my mind. I want to take them. I really do, because they are two point favorites against the Vikings, and the Vikings beat us. I would like to see them lose, right? But I don't I don't think Dan Campbell and the Lions are gonna be able to pull this one off. I'm gonna be 100 percent honest with you. I I, th- I think I'm gonna go with Kirk Cousins here in the the Minnesota Vikings. I I, I think they're going to try and defend their spot as an NFC 
contender. And I, I think that's against a struggling Lions team. That's what two and two and 10, two and thir- two and 11 or something along those lines. The Lions. Yeah. Lions are like five and seven. Oh, five and seven. Five Sorry. And I'm thinking about the Texans. Thinking about the Texans. I apologize. Yeah, the Lions have played pretty well recently. Yes. I, I'm going to, I'm still, I'm going to stick with the Vikings. The five and I, seven. I, the five and seven. Yes. Yeah. I, I'm, I'm going to go I, with the Vikings. I, I, I'm going to go with the Vikings in an absolute shootout because <laughs> I don't think the Lions are going to be able to stop Justin Jefferson. I don't think the Vikings are going to be able to stop Amara St. Brown. I think mm-hmm. both Jared Goff and Kirk Cousins both throw for 300 yards. I mean, you saw Mike White throw for 350 against the, the Vikings last week. We all yeah. know what the, 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 the woes the Lions have had uh, defensively the entire season. Um, and last time these two teams played each other, went down to the wire – uh, it was a very competitive game, so I think it's going to be a close field goal kind of game. But the, the Vikings are just overall the better team, so I, I would say that that ends up being the difference at at the end of the day. I think they have a couple more play playmakers on the defensive side of the ball currently than the Lions, and that they're going to get just one more stop than the Lions that last year. I agree with you, buddy. I, I all right. I, I that that's that's three 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 agreements so far. We'll, we're, we're so we'll see if we go. For- We'll see if we go four four here here uh, yep. four four here. Uh, the Dolphins at Chargers, the flex Sunday night game. Yeah, because they don't want the Broncos on prime time anymore. Dolphins <laughs> are three and a half points, three and a half point road favorites. Um, give me the Dolphins, man. I think this is going to be an absolute teeth kicking in. Uh, I know I said that last week, but the Niners did a good job uh, pressuring Tua. Tua was really bad because I think a lot. Of, I mean, I thought they had some. You know, ability to make some plays and Tua was just off. Mm-hmm. I think Tua bounces back. Big game for Tua, especially you know with Herbert. You know them being in the same draft, them being drafted like, you know, should Herbert have been drafted over Tua? Was Tua the right pick? I think he wants to make a statement. And I, at the end of the day, the Dolphins are way more talented than the Chargers. They're better coached than the Chargers. While I do think the Chargers do have a better quarterback than the Dolphins. That quarterback has a bad offensive line, a, not, a bad running game, and wide receivers that cannot separate against man coverage. And the Dolphins play a lot of man coverage, and they like to blitz and put pressure on the quarterback. So give, give me the Dolphins by double digits over the Chargers. Yeah, I my, my decision here, you know, both quarterbacks, same draft, like you said, both very talented quarterbacks. There's no question about that. As much as I call them to a turn the ball over, there's no question after this season he's proven himself that he's he can be a quarterback in the NFL, right? That, that's that's without question. Even with two massive concussions or like a second <laughs> impact that would have floored anybody, he's back and still playing very well. Last week was a fluke week, okay? Allen has fluke weeks. You got to give other people fluke weeks. No bias, right? Mm-hmm. Coaching is the biggest difference for me here. And like you said. Yeah, it's a, it's a blowout. It's the biggest mismatch yeah. in the field. Yes, because Brandon Staley is incompetent, it seems. Like, like Sean Payton's going to come coach that team next year. That's how desperate <laughs> they are for a good coach. I I am I, I think the Dolphins win. I hate to say it because they're our rival in the AFC East. I really do. I would love to see him lose another game. I really would. But I think I, – I love Herbert, too. I really do. But Brandon Staley's going to throw – he's throwing the game. Someone in Vegas is – that phone lights up every every game. And they're like, go for it on fourth down on your own 30-yard line. Like, like that's 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 the decision. He doesn't do that anymore. Made. He doesn't do that anymore. He, he, he's chicken. They, they, they bullied him. They bu- he's bullied <laughs> into not believing he's in Alex. He's still getting bullied. He, I mean, oh at, the the day, at the end of the day, they should just hire Brian David when they had the chance. But they yeah. didn't, and that's... they're reaping 
reaping the benefits from that. Not reaping the benefits, reaping the repercussions of that just, horrific decision. Just imagine Dable with Herbert, though. Like, that would have been crazy. Absolutely crazy. But, yeah, I'm taking the Dolphins. Dolphins by two scores. I'm right there with you on that one. There's no question. And that's only four, four for four. McDaniel, four for four. Mike McDaniels is better than Brandon Staley. No question. So, Dolphins. And that brings us to the finale, the grand finale. <laughs> the Jaguars at the Titans. I, the Titans are four point favorites. Give me the Titans. I, I'm going <laughs> on this. One. I, I don't, I, I love Doug Peterson, right? He went for it on, uh, he went for two, one against the Ravens. What a game that was. What a coaching performance. That's what Doug Peterson did in Philly. That was really cool to see that he's still like that guy. He's turned that team around from what it was last year. I mean, from what, why am I blanking on Urban Brown or Urban Meyer? Urban Meyer. I don't know <laughs> why. I, I don't know why I was blanking on that. But I, from what they're doing now, like Trevor Lawrence actually looks somewhat decent. Like, but still, to me, the king, Derrick Henry, that running back, and they they got they got humiliated last week by the the Eagles. I think Brable bounces back, and this is another like Brable's a great coach, and he rallies those guys around him, and they're they're rallying for a win this week. So I'm going with the Titans. Yeah, I think I think the Titans are the pick here because the Jags are a talented team and they have the highest of highs, but they just have some head scratching lows. <laughs> I mean, losing to the Broncos. You, you looked at look at the last two weeks of them. They get a fantastic win against the Ravens, mm-hmm. as you mentioned. Go for that two point conversion, come back, win that game. Next week they trail to Detroit. Not not necessarily an elite team, and they just get thrashed. The whole game, they were never in the game. And so, I mean, you just can't trust them at this point. And what you can't trust is that the Tennessee Titans are a good team that cannot beat elite teams, but will stop mediocre to average teams. And that's currently what the the Jags are. The Jags are completely just a mediocre team. And the Titans, the last two weeks, went up against two elite teams. They lost a close one to the Bengals, and they got thrashed by the Eagles. I think they showed. I mean, they showed. They showed who they are. I mean, they're gonna. They have a very good program. They're gonna still win that division. Kind of interesting that they fired their GM midweek, mm-hmm. uh, midseason. But I uh, give me, give me the Titans and just being consistent. Give me the consistency of the Titans over the, the inconsistency of the Jags. Is that a clean sweep from from you and I here? We uh, we five, ran the we, table. Hey, come on, we got to be five and zero now. Yeah. Yeah, we have to be. We have to be. I mean, or or, or or next time, next week, we have to make sure that we, you know, that we pick one game that we disagree on. Right. Yeah. Yeah. We might. We might do that. I mean, this this, this, this is why this, 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 this is this is why we need Mike. You know, we need we need the third party to potentially not have two people <laughs> pick the same same result. Yeah. Yeah. Throw a little wrench in the mix. Definitely. Definitely. If you think about six for six, because we picked the Bills to win. So. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, imagine. I mean. Like I said every week, like I say every week, there's no other sports podcast out there that has a good of a record as we do. I mean, it's, it's absolutely fantastic. Most of them you see hit around 500. So this is this is this is this is good stuff. Good stuff for the listeners out there if you're if you're looking for anything. So, but without further ado, that's going to cap it off for this episode of the Buffalo New Podcast betting on the Bills. I'm Joe Kelly, and I was joined by Dom Loss. And Dom, most importantly, before we end this episode, how do you always end these? Go Bills, baby. Go Bills.